Mulder, look, Colton plays by the book and you don't. They feel your methods, your theories are... Spooky. It's still real to me, damn it! Okay, great. Anyway, um, I intended to watch BlizzCon and talk about, like all of the games that are coming out and all that fun stuff. But what I ended up doing with my entire Sunday was um, just looking into the free Hong Kong movement. <laughs> Cause like that fucking in the middle of trying to like understand BlizzCon, I kept getting recommended these videos that were like BlizzCon kicks out um, vloggers for filming the protest and then I was trying to find any footage of the protest. And for the most part, like it was kind of scrubbed. And then I found a Twitter thread and I'm blanking on his name because I'm an asshole. But with this um, vlogger who had brought like a tiny little camera in, which was allowed, it says it in their rules and conditions, um, and who was asked to leave the premises because he was outside in the front filming all of the protesters. Um and I was like, oh, my God, like, is this a is this a conspiracy or is like, is this for real? And then that's where I dug deeper into like what happened with that whole with that Hearthstone player and Blizzard's relationship with um, China. Oh, dear. <laughs> and um, so one of the first articles that came out before a BlizzCon was that the employees were like genuinely afraid and nervous. And there was an employee who like, and a lot of them stayed nameless, but a few of them has like since resigned and came forward about it. And they talked about how BlizzCon used to be like Christmas for them. Um, and then this year there was kind of like this hanging dark cloud of stress um, because a lot of people didn't know if something was going to happen. Like we, we live in this, world where someone can say something on the internet and then show up with a fucking machine gun to an event like it's not that's not out of the realm of possibility so like there was something to the extreme of that and then to the lesser extreme of like someone storming the stage and causing a commotion and um not just that but like there was also the the bad taste in your mouth left with the um blizzard activision mass layoff so like the past year for blizzard like hasn't been the greatest um what was it? They laid off 9,600 employees after coming out and saying that they had once again achieved record breaking results in 2018, but then came back and let all these people go um, for, they said that it was, um, they were be, they were going to be cutting the non gaming development departments and bolstering its development staff and franchises like call of duty and Diablo, which who who knows who knows if that's happened because we'll talk about diablo immortal in a second um but anyway the fucking hole that i ended up falling down was um the boycott blizzard campaign and like i guess tldr what do you know about it uh well i know that there was a hearthstone player who was being interviewed by two sportscasters mm -hmm. and he said free Hong Kong at the end of his discussion with them. And they ducked under the desk in an attempt not to get fined. And that person got banned for a year and had their prize money taken away. And then later Blizzard rescinded it by saying that his ban was going to be six months and that he would still get his prize money. But hold up mm -hmm. that article about Blizzard employees being sad about BlizzCon is a plant. 
Oh, I can I have only imagine. No doubt that Blizzard was like, feel bad for us. Yeah, think of the employees. It's not us, the big evil company. Yeah, it's about the employees. It's their Christmas. Like I'm a hundred percent sure that that article was planted by Blizzard oh, to be like, be gentle to us. And nobody was. Did you see all the mess? That no was one BlizzCon? was fucking gentle. No, which was stunning. So yeah. yes, and to that specific story. Um, so like if no one knows by now, Blizzard is a U.S. company with partial Chinese ownership and it is being called out for what, and this is the fun part, four different U.S. senators and congressmen came forth to call out Blizzard for this bipartisan, like on all parties, like Libertarian, Republican and Democrat all came out and were like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, um, so this specific senator, his name was Ron Wyden of Oregon said, this abandonment of free speech values and bowing to the Chinese government for a quick buck is despicable. And that's what he told the LA times. So blizzard suspended pro Hearthstone player blitz Chung, um, who is a Hong Kong resident and made him forfeit his reported $10,000 USD in prize money after he expressed support for the protest movement in Hong Kong during a live sc- a live streamed post game interview with two casters. He was wearing uh, ballistic goggles and a gas mask and protective gear and shouted in Mandarin liberate Hong Kong revolution of our times. He and the two casters were punished. Um, so like you said, the two casters like dodged the, they kind of like laughed and dodged the camera. Um, they were both fired and he had was given a year suspension and then um, his prize money was taken. Um, he later said that he had no regrets and said, today what I have lost in Hearthstone is four years of time, but if Hong Kong loses, it will be a matter of a lifetime. Um, Mark Kern, who led the team that created World of Warcraft, tweeted an image of himself canceling his WoW subscription with the hashtag um, boycott Blizzard. And he said... It's one thing to stay out of politics and games, quite another to take harsh punitive actions designed to appease a government whose values are against what Blizzard has traditionally stood for. And then, of course, the members of Congress, including Senator Marco Rubio and uh, AOC, recently called Blizzard out for its um, kind of rash decision and punishment. And Blizzard, obviously, since rescinded it, bring it to a six-month punishment and gave him his money back. Um, but they never... Um, they never apologized and they never explained it. The still to this day, besides the like petty fucking, uh, semi bullshit apology, the only thing that came out after this, um, ban and IGN posted it was from a, um, verified Hearthstone China account. And the rough translation basically came to say like, we express our strong indignation or resentment and condonement of the events that occurred in the Hearthstone Asia Pacific competition last weekend and absolutely oppose the personal political ideas during any events for games. The players involved have been banned and the commentators involved will immediately be terminated from any official business. Also, we will protect or safeguard our national dignity and honor. That's so fucking stupid. That's the only fucking statement that came out. And then the day before the stock market closed, Blizzard went on its official blog and posted regarding last week's Hearthstone Grandmasters tournament in which they take the most fucking like dodgy bullshit fucking apology. It wasn't even apology. They said we acted too quickly and we didn't come fast enough with an explanation. Our bad. They never said, like, what we did was 
like not the move. It was inappropriate. They never said any of that. And then if you follow the timeline, even this apology seems to just match up with this is the time we can release a statement that won't affect us financially. And then this is the most fucking like half-assed statement I've ever heard in my whole entire life. Like it's one thing if this guy came out and was like, you know, like proud boys forever or whatever, but like it's a humanitarian based revolution for Hong Kong. Like it's not, it's not like a supremacy thing. It's not like hate speech. It was an opinion. And they punished him as if he had like not even people have been punished less for saying the N word and like saying that they're affiliated with like white nationalist groups on like live streaming services and shit. Like it's fucking wild to me. And then of course the casters were fired since got their job back. But do you really want to work for a company that's going to fucking fire you for existing in a situation that they didn't like? Um, and then a overwatch coach put out a tweet that was so fucking like, I, he literally said, like, I understand Blizzard's right to act this way. Like, as a business, you can kind of do whatever you want. But they also promote this, like, free speech and open-mindedness and then turned around and did this. I don't approve of that. And then Blizzard said, take that the fuck down. Right. And I think that's, a, a like, hilariously unfair because it hu- it's a human rights issue. Mm-hmm. It's about, like, genocide. It's not about... It's about, like, putting people in, in black bags and them disappearing overnight and never being seen again. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not even really an opinion. It's just a fact that China is being extremely cruel to Hong Kong and mm-hmm. these people are dying and disappearing. It's not necessarily even really subjective. And the NBA has been... Did you hear about the NBA stuff, yeah. too? Yeah. Like, the owner of the Astros or whatever. I don't know. I don't yeah. care about the sports things. Well, I think but- it was um someone big like i think lebron james came out and said something and in, in he said pro- something stupid yeah, yeah lebron james was like it's business like you should know how you're how like what you say is going to affect your team and then he came out later and was like just kidding i'm wrong yeah <laughs> it's it's so wild but i mean and the other thing is like i'll even play devil's avocado real quick because like some people say the whole point like we, we don't understand, right? That's what they say. Like, we don't understand. It's deeper than this. It's Hong Kong was once a British, it was colonized by the British. So therefore they have more Western ideals and standards and standards of life and social norms and democracy in a way, even though they've kind of lived in the middle of China and China is um, like a communist party. They have um, labor camps and workforce camps and whatever. And then one situation happened and this is where i have the fucking ooh ooh because we almost had a similar situation happen here in regards to immigration so there the pro china argument is the extraditing law that essentially if um hong kong goes independent um someone could run from china into hong kong and never be prosecuted and not get extradited um back to china for punishment and they had one situation where a man killed his girlfriend and then took off to hong kong and they were unable to extradite him and, and like Here's my problem with this. Like that is a fucking horrible story and a a fantastic example of some of the problems with this independence for Hong Kong. But it's like one story in the sea. And like, I don't mean to like, 
played downplay like a murder that happened to an innocent person and the lack of justice that came through. But I also think that if Hong Kong was to become an independent democracy, it would be a part of the UN and therefore be a part of UN jurisdiction and laws, which would say that if a criminal, you know, committed a violent violent felony like happened, they would extradite. Um, Whether we, the UN works with a communist party in certain ways, whatever. I mean, I guarantee we've gone into Russia and grabbed people who we needed to, whatever. Like that's all, that's all good, great and grand. So like, I also kind of hate that argument because like if they're an independent democracy, they would be a part of the UN. So whatever. But we had like a situation happen in San Francisco um, with the immigration argument. And it was that an illegal immigrant um, accidentally shot and killed um, like a literally a bystander. He shot off a gun that he illegally owned. It ricocheted off something and hit her in the fucking head and killed her on like a boardwalk in San Francisco. What is life? Exactly. So fragile. And people were using that as an example of why we should, um, you know, build the fucking wall. Right. And it's the same example. How many, how many random bullets are being discharged from illegally owned guns from unpapered immigrants that kill white women on boardwalks? How many people are killing their girlfriend in China and running to Hong Kong? Like how, how many is that is that percent high enough for you to say we shouldn't allow this to happen we should be anti this revolution yeah it's like a, a again like a one in a billion chance that I mean, we don't take measures against one in a billion chances you don't mm-hmm. create laws because of one in a billion chances unless you're like the lobbyist for cigarette companies then yeah. you lobby against vapes but that's just yeah, that's yeah. a whole thing yeah but so in I this like, instance it doesn't make any fucking sense yeah and um, like, honestly, a 10,000 IQ play that happened is um, with some of the protests that were happening at BlizzCon, which was using May, who is a, a Chinese environmentalist character from Overwatch in the um, the form of the protest. So something you may have also noticed from some of the footage that still remains online of the protests happening at BlizzCon is people dressed as Winnie the Pooh. And funny story with that. Um, so he's like the, um, his name is like, oh my God, I'm going to fuck it up. It's XI and then Jinping. He's the secretary of the Chinese fucking uh, Communist Party. And um, protesters within Hong Kong started referring to him as Winnie the Pooh because they were saying he physically looked like Winnie the Pooh. And this just talks about China's communist regime. And like, I don't have a problem with communism. Like, let me just say that right now. I'm for communism, yeah, but dope. I love communism. But like the type of communism that China has is the same type of communism that Russia has where they just say, oh, I don't like it. And then they ban it. So that's why people are dressed as Winnie the Pooh because protesters started to say he looked like Winnie the Pooh. So he straight up banned Winnie the Pooh. It's banned in China. You cannot find it anywhere. It's been scrubbed from their internet. It's been scrubbed from all consumerism. It's gone. It's erased. The books are gone. The shows are gone. He does not exist in China anymore. Oh man, I thought that me taking my ex-husband off my Facebook was like burning, scorching the earth. Right? That is incredible. Was that not on the whole time? Okay. Oh my god, rip. Rip. Oh yeah, don't don't touch that fucking thing. No, I was just saying that it's like it's hilarious because I thought me scorching my ex-husband from all my Facebook stuff was really funny, but that is like to do it to a whole country, right? To just disappear one of the most beloved storybook characters of all time from your country. My ex blocked me on Venmo, and I thought that was petty, but here, here China is like fuck Winnie the Pooh. So people were dressed as Winnie the Pooh, and then people were also holding the signs that said um, "May for Hong Kong," and the reason behind this is why it's so fucking ingenious. So if China doesn't like something or they think it's anti them, they will just ban it. So what a better idea than to have May 
become the face of the free Hong Kong movement. Therefore, China has to ban any products that are Overwatch related or May related. Therefore, Blizzard is missing out on money in the Chinese market for all of their merchandise if Overwatch characters become visions of the revolution that is anti-China. Right? Well, May's the Chinese. She's the Chinese. She's character. the Chinese yeah. character. She's the Chinese climatologist in Overwatch, and Ugh. that is why they specifically chose her. Can you um, say Bujin Zhao? <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, that's kind of like the the protest and summary and my the the TLDR of a gigantic situation that's happening in front of us. And I do also want to play devil's advocate to this. I think that a lot of people are jumping on this bandwagon, not understanding the full history of what happened between Hong Kong and China. I have a feeling that people are just upset with blizzard and therefore are putting all of their fucking anger because a mobile Diablo game didn't come out in 2018. Can you blame us? (laughs) I mean, we fucking, you know what I mean? Hey, Hey, does everybody here own phones? Yeah. (laughs) Everyone here owns phones. Fuck up. So, like, (laughs) I I genuinely think that. Like, I genuinely think that no one gives a shit, nor cares, nor understands the situation that's happening between Hong Kong and China. Basically, two countries that have been split in half as far as identity and culture and social norms, and have been struggling with that. Um, You know, it's it's like kind of they're having the same issue of what happened when um, the wall came down in Berlin. Like they're of, they're the same people of the same country separated by an invisible line. And everyone thinks that it'll be solved by dropping the wall, but it's still recovery. They're still struggling. Like East Germany just reported a Nazi crisis. Like it's, they're still mending burned bridges of having that destructive wall put up in between them and separating families and tearing norms apart. Um, and the same thing is happening with um, China and Hong Kong, obviously to a little bit different of a case because of, um, you know, China being a communist party and Hong Kong trying to be more Western and democracy. And and then that that's also another thing, like, is our fucking white American bias stepping in here and saying we should be pro Hong Kong because they look like us and they act like us and they want the same things as us. They have the same values as us. Like, who's to fucking say it's such a it's such a deep conflict that we have no idea about and no one's even daring to dig in or look around or figure it out because it's easier to just put all of your frustrations with a fucking gaming company that didn't put out like, you know, the whatever the game I wanted. Yeah, exactly. You didn't who didn't who hasn't updated heroes of the storm in five fucking years and you're bummed about it because you refuse to play league and still think that that's like a a game that's going to come around like you put all of that frustration into just saying boycott blizzard but like you have no idea what that fucking means and like that also brings me to like this whole conflict that i've had with um talking about the recent hearthstone win because like i've had this this like come to jesus moment where i go like what what are we saying and doing full stop it doesn't matter what side you're on what blizzard has done is disgusting because like at the end of the day you're a u.s company you need you should allow people to have free speech that's like one of the tenets of this country it's literally one of the hallmarks of the country like yes capitalism is also yeah one of those precious hallmarks yeah and so I, i get that like i understand that like they're trying to balance capitalism with free speech rights but at the end of the day people 
we're not seeing the money that Blizzard's making, so yeah. we don't give a fuck yeah. about it. Like, we don't care. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, again, the devil's avocado, as you so eloquently put it, um, is that Blizzard is responsible for a bunch of people's lives and mm-hmm. their well-being. And mm-hmm. so for them to try to preserve financially, I understand that move, and I understand that being the knee-jerk notion mm-hmm. there is to protect your family financially or whatever, circle the wagons. Um, but what they did was, like, unconscionable, and there have been no solid follow-ups. Like, I saw that you were talking about at the beginning of the... Um, um, at the beginning of BlizzCon, they also did a public apology and it seemed pretty like emotional, but it the emotion it was masking any yeah. form of sincerity they, was substantial. In that, and I have a brief like statement here, like in J. Allen Brack's quote unquote apology, he regurgitates the same not apology that they put out in that statement on their blog. It's literally the exact same thing, but you can see his sad puppy eyes. Exactly. Like they they never so the main point was saying that they acted too fast and their response was too slow never mentioning anything other than that this Kari's microphone falls I don't off know. They, I'm, I'm a fiddler so I'm just like ripping the shit apart they didn't apologize for anything and then they it was a two seconds and he says I am um, I'm sorry and I accept accountability but for what he never says anything he never says um blitz chung's name he never talks about china he never talks about free hong kong he doesn't talk about the protest he says nothing he says you guys have i want you guys to be able to voice your freedoms like or voice your opinions like you did this morning that's the only thing he said in reference to the protest he never talked about he never admitted that immediately banning someone for a year and taking ten thousand dollars of their prize money and removing them from the bracket he is unable to compete in hearthstone for the next six months he was about to take grandmasters pulled out yeah because the half ownership in China said we won't fucking stand for it. They never admitted that that was not the move to make. You can punish someone for having expressing political views. If you want to say we don't allow political views, full stop, but doing that immediately overnight and then firing two people who are bystanders and then (laughs) never addressing it. That's inappropriate. And that's the inappropriate part of it. Yeah. I also like, I would have been, so fine if they had just been like we chose money over integrity that's what we did oh god like, forbid any fucking company says that i know but see, but that's jeff exactly bezos the, has left the chat oh i know for serious like <laughs> he's like i don't want to give people health insurance okay that's yeah. it that's all it is like, like jesus it's just but like that would be that's the money that's actually what happened is they were like we chose money over integrity and yeah. it's a knee jerk like it would be justifiable if they came out said that and apologized but yeah. of course no company is ever ever going to say anything even remotely truthful yeah. even some like i've been playing blizzard games since i was uh, 11 uh, my very first game was starcraft when i was like a tiny child and i want more than anything for blizzard to continue to be the small shop that it was mm-hmm. i want it to continue to be like a place full of integrity even when overwatch came out i still really thought like it had a lot of integrity i thought it had a lot of you know well i mean arguably and that's i think that's also why a lot of us have these um these hard feelings to work out is at every turn blizzard has been there and answered the call of progression and, every time and diversity and opportunity and inclusion and like i think overwatch is one of the best examples of that um you know as far as is her fucking mic off again god no, damn it as far as like um, inclusion and diversity and, you know, creating characters that other games haven't even looked at or even thought of, you know, bringing online. And so, um, <laughs> so when like, when Blizzard comes out and does something like this, you feel betrayed almost, you know what I mean? Because like, 
every other every other sign of history they've they've turned up correct so it's it's tough it's fucking it's heartbreaking yeah well i mean uh like blizzard is one of the only companies that really actually like legitimately gave a shit about um diversity like they weren't just putting black characters on the screen you know what i mean they weren't just putting an autistic character on the screen they were hiring actors with the same background Mm -hmm. like the woman who plays widowmaker that we met she is French and she speaks English. Like mm-hmm. the woman who plays Symmetra is, uh, or sorry, the woman who plays um, Farah is Egyptian. Like these yeah. are all the, the guy who does Lucio's voice is from Brazil. Like these yeah. are people that legitimately represent the markets that they're in. So you're not just using representation, quote unquote, as like a silly gag to make money and mm-hmm. BPC. You are supporting the industries of the people that you are representing. Mm-hmm. And that is the actual like, yeah, representation for representation's sake is passable in the world that we live in right now but it's not really acceptable yeah. you know what i mean and you can see right through it yeah you can see right through it you know when it's beat when you're being tokenized yeah. you know like you know when something's being tokenized like yeah. like for example using john cho and cowboy bebop you're actually supporting asian actors yeah like you know what i mean because anime is an asian industry that's yeah. a fact yeah so to actually support instead of just being american and taking that and americanizing it as much as i would have loved to see keanu yeah spike spiegel i mean you're not wrong yeah but john cho really was like the second best i mean have you seen that man's hair fucking amazing yeah so you're not wrong yeah we've like they've made good decisions and blizzard has had like deeply moral decisions i just don't know what the fuck is like the moment that their financials become even the slightest bit in danger they just get like jerked around so like they do this free hong kong thing and they like snuff free speech and then they get scared and they like fuck up that and then they get scared because their user base is like fuck you Mm -hmm. and then they get scared and just it's just like wishy-washy and it's pathetic like i've heard you go on rants about how the thing you hate most is a trait in humans is being pathetic absolutely and i think that watching that actually play out from a company is equally as infuriating it is because like and it's funny when you talked about like the Jeff Be- Bezos just coming out and saying, I just don't want to pay for your health care. I have more respect for that. I have so much more respect for that. And maybe I'm like the fucking vocal minority with that. But like if you came out and said, if Jeff Bezos came out and said, I don't want to pay for your health care because I want another private jet. I'd be like, hey, at least you're being fucking real. Yeah. And like the same thing, like if Blizzard was like, hey, we want to respect our um, co-owners opinions and beliefs and that requires us to be pro-china in this situation and i'm so sorry like that's just where we're at i would be like hey at least you're fucking taking a stand rather than being a wishy-washy ass motherfucker i mean even saying like we have employees to watch out for that live in china we have employees that are still reliant on the income from china like even saying that is better than being like hey guys so we built up all this goodwill by making symmetra autistic so uh can we just like fuck over human rights it's like yeah. no that's not how it yeah. works like and just ignore it, it and like just straight up ignore it like yeah. they, they they still haven't really come out and admitted that there's something going on which Pathetic. is cowardly that it's tough yeah. and um and i was sitting here like the other day and i was talking to um jake my partner about this and he he always takes the road of opposition to me because he i think he knows that my muscles flex the most when i'm arguing (laughs) so he was trying to take the um he's like i just want you to know like i'm i'm not like anti-hong kong i'm just trying to give you like um opposition and in in that conversation i brought up um kind of talking about vk lions um win and i was like 
what do we talk about here? I feel conflicted because in one hand, we're making like esports history by having the first woman, like um, a Chinese woman, win the Hearthstone Grandmasters. And that's like she genuinely hurt one out of like five fucking women in esports right now. And she did, she did this like beautiful little speech saying the like, this is the best way to strike back at those who doubted me only because I am a girl. It proves that girls can be strong pro players just as guys do. If you believe in yourself, you should wear, you should forget your gender and go for it. As she like sobs on the blizzard stage, holding her um, trophy and literally being, Besides Scarlet, the only woman to win a professional title, like a Grandmaster's title in any game in, in esports, like, you know, it's like, that's straight. That's literally it. That's it. Like that. No one else has come like, that's it. Yeah. And I was like, how, how heartbreaking is it that this moment happened to a Chinese female player at the same exact moment that this fan base is anti-China. Yeah. And it also like makes her, I mean, it makes her win bittersweet, but it also just like, like it continues to encourage that whole like anti-woman sentiment. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? In games in general. And that's what I'm saying. Like no, no one is fucking talking about her win because it highlights Blizzard and it highlights China. Yeah. And we are, we've completely stepped over a landmark victory for for women in esports. Yeah, and you know the shitty like the whole women in esports thing is actually like remarkably complicated because women are expected to participate in social niceties mm-hmm. and we even if we wanted to be professional gamers a lot of us aren't even allowed to eschew social responsibilities that are just like obnoxious. Yeah. Like I like I was never allowed to like sit downstairs and play Goldeneye but my brother was, yeah. you know what I mean? And it yeah. wasn't because you know, we were like completely different. It's that my mom wanted me to put on a dress and be cute and get all prepped up for the Christmas party where my brother could just take a quick shower and be done. Like, mm-hmm. and it's those little time thefts that stop you from pursuing a career in esports. You're not yeah. allowed to invest the time. It's every time I put on eyeliner, all I can think about is how I didn't fucking go pro in Counter Strike. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's stuff like that that, like, could you imagine like a little goblin version of me who's like super overweight and has acne and no social skills to speak of? Do you think that even if I was like incredible at Counter-Strike, which I used to be, even if, do you think that anybody would even give a sh- Like, do you think I'd be able to get in any tournaments? Even if on a meritocracy, I prove myself, do you think that that's like the person that people want? Well, I mean, that's the tough part, tough part right? Because like we we kind of even saw what happens when uh, a woman climbs the ranks respectively. Not an ugly one. Yeah. Because ugly women just get like just destroyed. Like all I'm saying is that like there's still those social requirements to stay attractive, to stay fit that will also keep you from honing the skills that you want in esports. Well, like, it's, it's ridiculous. Exactly. And then like there's that that she was like 19 pro Overwatch player. I'm going to um, she now plays for the Shanghai Dragons. I'm going to butcher her name but it's like Gaguri Gaguri Um, and she was playing in basically like the minor leagues of Overwatch Um, she's from South Korea and um, during those tournaments um, a bunch of players were uh, they were accusing her of um, aim botting because they said it's physically impossible for her to be that good Yep, (laughs) literally these Fellow players were saying that 
it is impossible for her as a woman to be that good at that game. It, they said it is physically impossible. And they had to set up a whole entire monitoring process in which they made her go through a game again where she was watched and judged and monitored to make sure she wasn't using aimbotting. And she obviously won that case and proved them wrong. But like that, that was it. Yeah. It was literally a woman came up and was so good that people refused to believe it. They well, refused to believe it and they were accusing her of cheating. And even though it's a great meme now and it's a, it's a victory for her, it, she's come out and said like how it's, it's set her back. No, it's exhausting. That's again, like the thing that, okay, so there are two things that are barriers to women getting into esports, profe- like getting into esports professionally. And that's the entry level, like the professional level at which you are denied entry which is that stuff Mm -hmm. and i'm talking about like them like not being able to get on a team because men say that you're distracting or that you're not you couldn't possibly be that good another thing is especially on asian teams controversy will keep them from hiring any woman no matter how good she is yeah they absolutely want to avoid controversy under any circumstance but the other thing is time theft and that's a case of both of those things they like her time is valuable. She could have used that time for anything, but instead she has to set up a fucking camera on her hands and prove that she's not aimbotting. Yeah. And how many hours of her life is she wasting proving that she's not aimbotting? Like that's time theft. Yeah. And that's why people can get ahead of her in the game. Mm-hmm. And it's unbelievably irritating because yeah. people don't realize all of these extra minutes and seconds that we have to spend doing petty nicety bullshit is keeping us just out of the fucking yeah. game. Well, it's like, it's the, there are two sides to, like how fucking terrible it is right now and how disheartening it is that we've kind of stepped over this big victory because you also have situations where they're forcing pretty, you know, like attractive and um, personable women in esports who aren't very good at the game and they're just passing them forward to be like, look at it, look at our tokenism. We're doing it, guys. Pay attention to us. And then everyone's like, they, they're fucking bronze like what oh, like shit what, what the fuck you know what i mean and so it's it's bullshit in that regards and then we have situations like this where someone has earned their comeuppance and then they get fucking challenged every step of the way and it's just like all of that's exhausting on top of the the amount of time it takes to go pro in an esport like you're you're already encroaching on negative time in a day. Yeah. And that's what I was saying. Like, could you imagine if I was like, again, this worse, not worse version, but this less well-kept version of myself, like hygienically and socially, do you think I would have ever even made it? I, I have a, I have a higher chance of getting on a professional team right now being attractive than I do. Even if I spent every single day playing league of legends. Oh, well that's fucked up concept. That's the fucking thing. I always, whenever I get thrown on these like gaming panels, I always think it's funny. And I'm like, it's funny that I'm even here because I'm not that good at gaming. Like I've barely picked up and started playing within the last year. I haven't even, I haven't even hit a year, a year, maybe like this month or next month, I'll have been playing league for a year, but it's your incredible social competence. That's it. That you have earned through being forced to be social with people. Like that's literally it. It's the fact that I have a fairly decent face and can talk to people that's why I'm up there and I I'm the first to admit it in any of these panels whether it's a gaming panel pro gaming panel a league of legends panel or an overwatch panel women in gaming panel whatever ones I've done over the past exclusively year that I have actually taken um, joy in gaming is that I will be the first to admit to you that I don't belong here but 
I put myself out there and people responded. And like, that's the difference between you and I is that you can be better at the game than me, but you're refusing to put yourself out there. You're refusing to be a personality. You're refusing to have any sort of charisma. And then you're bitter because of it. And no one wants to work with you. And then I will also admit that I am more attractive than you. Therefore I get free things. And I'm just sorry, this is capitalism swinging my way for fucking once in my favor. But it's like, it's so true. Like I, and I tell like women and young girls in these panels all the time like it's your fucking time to shine like this shit is the wild west and if you are even remotely okay at the game and you are semi-attractive and have kind of a personality you will fucking thrive i promise yeah throw yourself on the fucking they are looking for you yeah like they are searching you the fuck out like find like you but you have to put your 50 percent in you have to put yourself out there like i fucking tagged logitech in like one thing and on um instagram and then like got like a fucking mouse for free like put yourself out there like it it's such it is kind of bullshit but this is the one time you can use the bullshit in your favor and then just genuinely get better at the game i think one thing so like you talk about your history with gaming and stuff like that. But I think that there's something to be said about you being somebody who occupies an incredibly social space, who recognizes behaviors in people and who can like, like see things like you're basically a gaming philosopher. Like you, you became extremely interested in this space, like, you know, a year, year and a half ago. And you were like, man, this is something that I can like see for what it is Mm -hmm. and lend my own perspective in ways that people who, may not be as socially competent or aware or politically aware um, wouldn't otherwise really think of. And I think that that's actually like a really necessary part of this whole equation is that you are like essentially a gaming philosopher because you care because you can see all the different like things because like incels don't have a voice like gaming incels they don't have a voice they don't have a concept of reality yeah so to look at somebody who's like acting you're basically a product manager for like (laughs) yeah (laughs) for like uh gaming because you speak nerd and you have for a very very long time much longer than a year and a half i mean sure you also speak the language of like average people and you also speak the language of gaming nerds like you have a really good solid foundation upon which to actually be a voice for people to also observe the interesting nuances of esports and gaming and translate those into ways that people from both sides find interesting and i think that's a necessary thing that a lot of women specifically are like oh i'm not good at games Mm -hmm. so i shouldn't be allowed in this space and you were like fuck it i'm terrible at games and i'm gonna come into this space right now yeah i think that that is yeah a hundred percent needed and it doesn't like again like games are so obsessed with being a meritocracy that they forget the nuances of like of reality so they're like hey unless you can you know get a thousand headshots in this like um battle royale game you can't speak on this topic and i i don't think that's relevant not at all (laughs) not at all and that's the best part gaming is in the wild west stages right now um so fucking come out and claim your land like literally that's it like be fucking billy the kid like there was a girl who came up to me and was like, I'm really into um, speed running, but like, there's not really a, like a competitive spot for that. And I was like, well, congrats on taking that first place then. Yeah. Especially for women. Like you've got it. You've staked like, your claim. Literally fucking congrats. Like yeah. just show up and say this land is mine. You don't have to like, 
you don't have to be great at the game if you demand your space. It's and then you can grow in there and get better. But I don't know. I th- I think I'm also sick of that mentality that everyone has to be like fucking platinum. <laughs> um, that two percent of the population is, and they're like, you can't talk about this game unless you're that. Like, yeah, go fuck yourself a thousand times. And well, also, it doesn't stop you from having the observations just because you don't have the physical capability. No, and also I love being a troll. So come for me. Yeah, um, that's absolutely. also why I thrive in this community. Um, <laughs> but anyway, talking about trolls. Um, one thing that never got much like talking about Hong Kong. Um, one thing that didn't get brought up in BlizzCon, BlizzCon was um, Diablo Immortal, which I had no idea, like really the history behind it. I'm like I said, I've really only cared about games for the last year. And I am the um, like vocal minority again that actually enjoyed Diablo three. Um, I got it as a co-op game to play with my partner and I loved it. And then I just I got it on switch and then I would just take it around everywhere. It was the perfect game for me as someone getting into gaming. And I also think that that's why my experience and love for it is different. Um, it's what kind of like taught me that you it, everything doesn't have to be a puzzle. And it doesn't have to be like a fucking math equations going across your head, kind of like League is, um, where the, the uh, barrier to entry is so fucking high. Um, Diablo 3 was, do you want to follow a cool story um, or just hang out in a graveyard and kill shit? Like by by the time i like put diablo 3 down i was a demon hunter with like two crossbows that before it was nerfed were essentially like machine guns and i could just mow shit down and then i was like oh let's follow the story now that i've gotten my thrills by like single-handedly like beating myself off like i'm constantine and the demons are coming up like you know what i mean and then the the imagery was cool um also keep in mind that someone was like, you'll really like Dark Souls, like Bloodborne will be your shit. And I was like, I literally was like crying playing that game. Like, I can't fucking Dude. do it. Like, I literally didn't even know where to place my hands on a keyboard. Is that, and that person's your enemy now, right? Yeah. Okay. And, it, and it hurt my feelings <laughs> because like genuinely that the art of that game is fucking gorgeous. And I couldn't, I couldn't play it. I was like, this is too hard for me. So Diablo 3 like came in and coddled me and was like you're gonna be fine and you're gonna love this games are for everyone yeah like have fun and i loved it but then like as listening to people who are like diablo purists talk about how diablo 3 is trash i also understand where they're coming from um it did become like a pg version of a game that you know like kind of was the uh a base level block in building what became like today's big gamers was playing like Diablo 2 and I didn't realize that like it was more gory it was more violent it was more demonic it was more challenging exactly um and there was that was lost when Diablo 3 came out I I didn't realize the lore behind it um and so i didn't understand like when i said i love diablo 3 people would literally look at me like scum yeah but that's so shitty that's like saying that yumi from league of legends is a shitty champion because she's supposed to be easy mode well i mean she's annoying as fuck (laughs) but like it's it's just like saying that people who are new to this game don't deserve to enjoy games it's like this weird purist like i personally i didn't like diablo 3 because it was too easy for me like Mm -hmm. i would like play it and i was like yeah i could play it on hardcore but then i just lose somebody that i've had for two years you know what i mean like it wasn't like there's nothing in that for me i don't really care i don't like i don't like looters to me like to Mm. me loot isn't enough of an incentive to play a game yeah you know what i mean like and that's and that's fine because like shiny things are an entry-level incentive and i don't even blame you at all for wanting to like have a golden crossbow on. oh you have no idea how fucking cool she looks cool as fuck no idea how cool it's cool as fuck and guess what 
I, I also did that. I've done that in multiple games, but for, for whatever reason, that just didn't fulfill me. And I think yeah. that that doesn't make the game shitty. Well, this is the other thing that I always have a problem with when people like to um, like call out games. Like, it doesn't erase Diablo 2. Like, Diablo 2 still exists. Like, it doesn't go extinct like the fucking dinosaurs <laughs> when the next game comes out. Like, it still exists. Um, I just want to... It seems like people just want to rob you of the experience. So, so I played Diablo 2 as well. I had my Battle.net account banned for making dupes. And it was such a fun time. It was, like, so fucking, like, Wild West of gaming. Because, like, by then, StarCraft had been really, like, structured. Mm -hmm. And there were rules. Mm -hmm. And you could no longer Zerg Rush. And, like, it's funny because, like, Diablo was just, like, so much fun. It was new. And it was fucked up. And there were shit that was wrong with it um and then like diablo 3 came out and it, it was kind of the same thing just a little bit more polished a little bit easier and it's weird that people would want to rob you of the experience that we had on diablo 2 as kids just because it's like vaguely different just because mm -hmm. it's more polished you mm -hmm. know what i mean like yeah. that fucks me up well you have no idea the fucking the entitlement people in games have and i get that it's a part of your childhood i understand you didn't like ghostbusters but anyway um <laughs> I thought that the whole Diablo Immortal thing was hilarious because it's like the, it was the classic bait and switch. It was like the classic look at something shiny. Like Blizzard came to 2018 and was like, we don't have fucking anything. And they were like, show us something. And then everyone who's like mad about Diablo three was like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And then they were like, guess what guys we're making a fucking mobile slash and hack game. And, uh, you're welcome. I be oh man, I'm such an ungrateful piece of shit. I am embarrassed of the person I was when they announced Diablo Immortal because I fell for it. I was that person. Well, I mean, like it it was the most polarizing thing Blizzard has done besides the current um free Hong Kong shit. Like <laughs> um literally, <laughs> like seriously, people reacted the same way. People were either like, you know what, I would enjoy a mobile. That sounds fun. And then the other half was like, How fucking dare you? You How come into my house. Dare you? You're gonna mic microtransaction <laughs> me to death after fucking denying me Diablo for you pieces of shit. After loot boxing us to death with a literally. Overwatch. Are you fucking kidding me? You come into my house on the, on the dot date of my daughter's birthday. You come into my house. <laughs> and you offer me a fucking mobile game. And um, <laughs> and I like had no idea, obviously, like missing the, the meme of Diablo in general and Blizzard. I kind of, it all went over my head. And then um, watching them go completely silent um, this year. And then literally that night they made a blog post again because that's their favorite thing to avoid um, confrontation is they just said, you know, we have really high standards for ourselves and we don't want to release a half-assed project so we still don't have a release date for Diablo Immortal and it's like just tell me that you're not making it tell us that it was the one thing you put out to prevent rioting yeah yeah just do that I mean because I mean the anger did keep us from de like destroying Blizzard yeah from like coming for them for being like because they did tease a Diablo drop for like three months before BlizzCon and then they were like it was probably this trailer that actually came out for Diablo 4 mm -hmm. and it just wasn't ready well that's the funny part is that like they clearly have been working on Diablo 4 for a hot minute and they uh. couldn't even give us anything that they made up some fake fucking mobile game that's so stupid that's reskinned from china that is real though yeah they didn't actually like come up with a game they just bought a property from china and and decided to reskin it and then people found out and now they're terrified yeah it's fucking hilarious yeah. i love it so much um but speaking of diablo 4 um i'm excited uh because i guess now that i have a little bit more of respect and understanding for what diablo originally was i understand like how fucking cool this um cinematic trailer was for both what the game was going to be and then the gameplay of it um one like i was reading a polygon review of this guy who got to play it because that's the one of the few good things that blizzard did at blizzcon was the arcade where you got to test some of the games 
And um, he said, it was fundamentally Diablo filled with the chaotic spell slinging I'm accustomed to, but it was unlike anything I've ever experienced in a Diablo game. It felt like taking down a world boss with a 40 player raid crew in world of Warcraft or waiting for a public event to start in destiny Two, Um, because that's one of the, uh, new kind of like build outs to Diablo four is having these kind of like, um, group raid modes, which is something that I learned. Um, people really like in world of Warcraft, um, where you can have your own linear story, um, where also he talked about in the article, um, you you're not just like uh causing chaos and gore which you are but it's meaningful like the people like he talked about uh, a villager coming up to running up to his character begging to save her and he was like that moment alone and like i ended up helping her and whatever but like the storyline that they built there actually made the um the deaths impactful unlike uh, Diablo 3, which is just kind of like put a blindfold on me and I'm going to spin around with a machine gun type of thing. <laughs> um, so it's like a lot, a lot of love is going back into this. And clearly they, for the first time, listened to the fans and brought back, you know, the three main classes and um, the updates that people have been wanting and then are going back to darker roots in art, darker roots in storyline and just making the game hard again. Yeah. And the thing is, is like for me specifically, like a game can be easy gameplay wise. Like I'm not saying that's why I didn't like Diablo three. It is because there is no substantial aesthetic or storyline for me to give a shit about. Yeah. Like I, I don't care if a game, again, I don't care if a game's gameplay is easy. I'm not an elitist in that way. There are people who would disagree and that's fine. I've been playing games again since I was like eight years old. But I, there has to be something compelling. There have to be compelling characters. There have to be like there has to be like an aesthetic, like in Bloodborne, that somebody recommended to you, which mm -hmm. is devastatingly difficult. Yeah. You are not crazy there. I um, was literally in tears. Yeah, but it, it does retain the same beautiful aura of Diablo too. It, it retains the same gothic bullshit that you fell in love with in the first place. And mm -hmm. Diablo three just didn't have heart. It, yeah, it was. I think mechanically and graphically, it is a good game, but it just like people knew. They yeah. knew it was like a half-assed attempt. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I completely, I completely get that. I mean, just with the cinematic trailer alone, like fucking fuck me up. Like spoiler alert. I guess if you haven't watched it, what the fuck fucking are you doing? Fucking watch it. Just pause like, the podcast and watch it right now. The human sacrifices, blood a spilling out, like pulling into like a braided blood weave that births a demon woman, Lilith. I'm just like. Pfft. Daughter of Terror, Mephisto. God, this is tight. So. That's the other thing about Diablo is like I had these pantheons with these like demons and gods and like there was a whole storyline and Lilith is the daughter of one of the main antagonists in Diablo 2. Like it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. <laughs> and um, oh yeah, and then three classes, Druid, Barbarian, and Sorceress. So going back to that, which I mean, whatever, I really liked the Demon Hunter, but that was an aesthetic thing. I get it. Um, and then the last quote from his name was Ryan from Polygon, Ryan Gilman. Um, Diablo 4's demo shows you the world is hopeless and then asks you to slay an impossible foe. Diablo's always been good at making you feel badass, but be Diablo 4 made my badass actions feel important to the world around me, like my actions were protecting something precious. Oh, so that's Diablo four. And we're really excited about it. Um, then they talked about, uh, overwatch two. And, um, my first sentence on my note is what the fuck is overwatch two? <laughs> um, I don't understand. <laughs> I just want you to know that I spent three fucking hours trying to figure out what the fuck overwatch two was. 
And um, what I hashed out was PVE versus PVP. So player versus environment versus player versus player. Um, what I don't understand is what's going to happen to Overwatch when Overwatch 2 comes out. And um, like different uh, people who have worked on the project are saying conflicting things. So I have no fucking idea. <laughs> like the biggest thing is a graphic update, right? Like, so do, can you just update your, can Overwatch just be updated and you have those new graphics? And then they, they didn't address that, but they said, if you do want to play in classic mode on Dia um, Diablo 2, on Overwatch 2, you can. Uh, and I'm like, okay, so uh, what, what? It's what, actually, okay, what? so what it is is an engine update, which means that the way that the game runs fundamentally would be different, and you can only access it if you are on Overwatch 2, which is psychotic to me, because that's just a paywall for enhanced performance, which well, you should be doing for your fucking game anyway. Yeah, why wouldn't they just do an expansion? Why what? are they doing, like, Overwatch 2? Yeah, that's what they did for, for Warcraft. They did a giant, massive graphics overhaul, like, 10 years into the game, and they weren't like, World of Warcraft expansion to access these new graphics and this new engine they literally just put it in the game like they didn't even release an expansion for it they weren't like you have to buy cataclysm to access this game that works better than the mm -hmm. game we have they literally were just like here's a graphics update for you know this year like well, technology's improved so warcraft should too isn't it the funniest thing though like overwatch is um diminishing in watch like watchability because it's fucking boring it's and the they worst. have not put any like care or love into making the game better and their call to that um, is Overwatch 2, which uh, a PVE with like these these storylines where you can upgrade your character and then build out your character's specific like special attacks. I'm like, what the f what the fuck is this? Yeah, nobody cares. What the fuck is like? This is not what this is. It's so funny that this is what Blizzard uh, like construes. Like, just make a fucking update to the game. Like, that's what they were like. You know what we're gonna do? PVE. Upgrade characters, design your own alts, uh, level them up individually. We already have a struggle of people playing specific roles exclusively. And they were like, hey, what if you gave rewards for people who um, fill and have to support because they're mostly on a team that wants to be tanky? Like, you know what I mean? Like, we already have such a fucking problem with people playing the same roles in that fucking game because they refuse to make any updates to any of their fucking heroes. And then they're like, okay, we heard that's your complaint. We're going to go ahead and elevate that. Now you can update and upgrade and individualize your one fucking hero. Like, we, we, my Valentino. Bag. play against her yeah my <laughs> valentino bag lipstick in my valentino bag um no like they're talking about like you can upgrade your character and nobody cares and you can't play it in pvp and it's the worst like and it's funny because overwatch did have a couple pve modes like these little missions that you could do during certain events and mm -hmm. they were wildly unpopular nobody gave a shit about them yeah nobody gave two sol single solitary fucks like we all tried it and we were like oh so it's just junkenstein's revenge can eat my ass yeah I seriously it for the skins and i regret every second right and you were like oh so i kill a wave of monsters monsters over and over again that they don't the ai is really bad like it yeah. wasn't it was i fun. was if i was thriving in junkenstein's revenge that's a problem yeah yeah i was just just fucking a grand old time just mowing it down i was like i'll be brigitte or brigitte whatever her name is and i'll just fucking destroy it's everybody. just a fucking upsetting paywall because again like they did the graphics and engine upgrade with world of warcraft and it was free it wasn't called world of warcraft 2 and so it's like a very transparent money grab because because it's literally a, a performance update 
behind a paywall yeah. in the guise of a new game. And it's actually really upsetting because if you buy Overwatch 2, you can play Overwatch 1 with enhanced performance. Like it just doesn't strike me as very honest. And, and like for them to be like, like continually saying like replayability, this game is replayable. It's not, that's not, they're misconstruing the fact that playing the game Overwatch is, it's not that it's not replayable, it's that it's boring. It lacks yeah. diversity in yep. terms of gameplay. Like the only viable comp is fucking Reinhardt, Mercy, Ana. Like you just have the same fucking people in yep. the exact same comps and that's the comp that works. Like it's mm -hmm. not that, it's it's the fact that you got to put in some fucking effort to make a more diverse gameplay dynamic. Yeah. This is annoying. No, I completely agree. <laughs> it's hilarious. As someone who like actually enjoys Overwatch um, and then stopped playing it because it just, and like it sucks to say like I, I was playing Ash recently when uh, she was released and then I stopped playing Overwatch for like six months and then I picked it up again. Um, and I was like, yo, this fucking champ is OP as fuck. Like, this is not even fun. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not even having fun. Not even having a good time. Um, yeah. So, I mean, whatever though. Bad that's what, that's dude. what you get for trying to like not play the meta. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the, the next, like, obviously Hearthstone and Starcraft, who really cares? I don't. Um, <laughs> but Warcraft, um, this is another thing that I had to do like my own history lesson. And I, I literally watched the history of Sylvanas to understand like why Fun. this was so iconic yeah. and controversial. So controversial um, because I, I guess as someone who came into it, not knowing I am very pro Sylvanas mm. and I'm very pro, um, to destroy those who created you. Yeah. Um, and I completely understand her hate, anger and heartbreak. And I'm like, hell Yeah. Like, f fuck the Lich King. Like, fucking ruin it all. Like, destroy <laughs> everybody. Like, fuck everybody. Um, and so, I guess watching this... I, I don't play World of Warcraft or Warcraft or anything. But I guess, like, watching, um, like, a history of her uh, character and then the cinematic trailer, I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of people... So, like, the biggest criticism that I've heard that I'm sure you've heard from Jake as well was the um, <laughs> plot magic. Plot magic. Okay, but listen, male characters, like, if you ask him about Thrall, just joke about the plot magic that Thrall is involved with. Like, he's like a, like, he was born to, like, a warring clan and then decides to become a peaceful shaman and marry his bitch and then disappears from the clan that he loves most, that his father entrusted him to. And it's just like, hey, boys, I'm going to the Emerald Dream to go lay in some trees and fuck my bitch and, mm -hmm. like, just disappear. Like, none of that. It was, it's convenient because if he is successful, then the clans aren't warring anymore. Then there's mm -hmm. no strife or drama. So they use plot magic to keep it interesting. So, hell, if they let Sylvanas Windrunner, who's, like a vessel of hatred and confusion um, decide that she wants to murder everybody so that there's like a continuing plot for World of Warcraft fuck yeah because plot magic has existed for male characters for as long as like for Arthas for Thrall for Anduin for literally every male character yeah. has like these mo these profound moments of plot magic because it requires I mean it's the World of Warcraft and it's never ending yeah. as of right now they still have it 25 year old game yeah like you gotta gotta plot magic has to happen you gotta do it to be able to keep the game running but i think sylvanas is like reason for doing anything that she's done is more compelling because she's she's dead mm -hmm. and she used to be alive and mm -hmm. she knows what it feels like 
And the thing about undead is that they don't have free will. Like Arthas was a slave to Frostmourne, the mm-hmm. sword, mm-hmm. and he didn't really necessarily have his own free will. Sylvanas Windrunner has broken off of Arthas's control, has free will, creates, you know, not creates, but like takes under her wing a bunch of undead who are directionless, gives them free will, and they're all in agony. They don't have a soul. Mm-hmm. They're full of hatred. They want to mm-hmm. kill everything, mm-hmm. and yet they have the free will to not do that. Could you imagine how exhausting that existence is? Yeah. That shit is fucking tiring. And it mean, would drive anyone crazy. If we want to touch on plot magic for a second, Sylvanas is c- capturing va- the Valkyr. Yeah. Who's to say that like that's not what's giving her powers powers 100 percent. the valkyrie is a completely random deus ex machina that she made a deal with like for and that actually ties into the plot really like neatly actually her like allegiance with the valkyrie because they're the ones who raised her people they're the from only, their graves they're the only things in existence in the world right now that can bring something back from the dead they right. have like this um unknown unparalleled uh magic so i'm and assuming she's fucking um, capturing them mm-hmm. um and they're bringing her back to life and it's like who you know i don't know she's I guess, making deals with the devil because yeah. she doesn't know what the valkyrie's magic and people might argue that sylvanas is being poisoned by the valkyrie's magic we don't know the source of it some people think it's the old gods mm. um which would be disastrous that's what jake was saying yeah he, he showed me a picture of a tentacle monster and he's yeah. like i think that's the one who's corrupting her yeah and it's probably the valkyrie probably siphon their magic from the old gods and the end goal is destruction and pain because that's what fuels them is chaos mm-hmm. um but i mean that's a, that's a theory that a lot of people have i think it would be too easy um but in my opinion i think sylvanas was already rotten i think that a woman who is taken from her family and turned into a banshee and she actually suffered like 500 years of pain at like in her own mind like yeah. she's not she's not just like a wood elf that got fucked up like she had to watch the yeah. destruction fall of everything of she her knew own people and loved. Exactly. yeah exactly and when she's tried to murder her sisters too like she has two sisters that mm-hmm. are still alive mm-hmm. and she's been like hey join me in the eternal suffering because I don't want to be alone mm-hmm. because that's what she feels. And like, she knows that even if she murders her sisters and they become undead, all that's happening is there's three people suffering now, but she still relents to try to do that. And that's been like a continual thing in Sylvanas's history. And she like tried to create these like flying ziggurats and poison everybody and murder them. Mm-hmm. Like Sylvanas is rotten to the core because she's been driven mad. And I don't think that she needs chaos magic to kill everyone. I yeah. think that she, her life's been fucked up and that's what people who are traumatized do. Yeah. And, on- everything up. and honestly, let her have her plot magic. If this yeah. is the one good thing we give her, let it be that. Because that bitch has been through some shit. She's like the fucking Scotland of Warcraft. Just like, let her have it. Yeah, bitch has just been shit upon all over. Like, Just let her have this one thing. Just she, one thing. If she wants to destroy worlds before like her final fucking nine life is taken from her, <laughs> like, seriously. let her. As, as two survivors, I think the two of us can really identify with somebody who just keeps coming back to life no matter what. Yeah, when, <laughs> when death has come on your door and you say, not today. Yeah, not today. I just think, I think, and I don't just love Sylvanas because she's a dynamic character. I love her because when she was brought into the horde it was like people were pissed mm-hmm. they were like you can't trust undead and sylvanas windrunner like the fuck she's trying to murder like it's very clear especially in like wow classic like the first like version of wow that i played that she's creating poisons mm-hmm. and everybody's like well but everybody else in the horde's made of organic material so she's trying to murder everybody but she's part of the horde that's not fair and it was like yeah kill them all babe. yeah kill them do all it. <laughs> do it 
So she's always been a stri- like a just a terrible. She's the same character as Sarah Kerrigan in StarCraft. Who's she's the the human that gets taken by the Overmind, who's the Zer- leader of the Zerg, and he creates uh, the Queen of Blades. And they're the exact same character, just in different games, mm. which is super funny. That is fun. um, but it's the same dynamic of like a woman being infested and becoming something else, and then embracing it. Yeah, it's which like is being, fun. Oh, for sure, it's like being destroyed by something and coming back from the absolute brink. Like she. Sarah Kerrigan murders the Overmind. Mm-hmm. She kills the thing that create, created her. And it's like, I mean, Sylvanas doesn't end up killing Arthas, but she gets the second best thing in this most recent yeah, I trailer. Bet, I bet she would if she could. Yeah, oh, for sure. She wanted to. Yep. Um, good. But yeah, anyway, that's basically BlizzCon in a summary as well as political information and game updates. I literally don't care about Hearthstone and StarCraft, so look those up yourself if you care. Yeah. I could, <laughs> I could tell you a few things, but Hearthstone is uh, not really playable for new players anymore. So I, if you've never played it, don't bother. Yeah, Jake's upset by that update. Yeah, it's not. Well, he it's keeps bad. saying it's one term. He says it over and over again. Something about random. No. Nope. Oh. Uh, RNG. Yeah, random numbers game, right? It's the Some, RNG factor is too high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The RNG factor is yeah. too high. It, well, RNG just means random numbers game. So it just means that like the things that you can't help, like um, it's like, you know how the dragons spawn in League of Legends, how they're mm-hmm. random? Mm-hmm. Um, if you get five fire dragons, then your damage becomes absolutely godlike. And that's an RNG. Like mm-hmm. that's like, nobody can help that. That's just randomly generated by the game. And Hearthstone has so much of that that like, like imagine like all dragon spawning, but then a comet falling from the sky and hitting you while you're killing the dragon. Like it's just stuff that's like super frustrating. Yeah. So. They could just pull one card randomly that just get, destroys everything you've worked on. You could play a 45 minute game, which is the longest game in like Hearthstone history and immediately lose it because they pull one card. I love it. This fucked up. Don't you love it? And then <laughs> Starcraft, Starcraft two is um, a dying sport, but arguably the base that got esports going um, as far as um, international view and money and, mm competition and whatever but it's uh it's fallen out i genuinely think that's as an unbiased view looking in i think it's because um starcraft 2 is one of the hardest games to play let alone hard to play professionally um it's one of those games where it's math equations constantly going across your head and the barrier to entry is fucking high um, and I think that's also why it's becoming um, unwatchable to the masses because in the same hand that um, League of Legends is becoming popular and um, people are watching shit like Fortnite <laughs> uh, and fucking, um, well, Fortnite's kind of falling off because they have too many players dropping in at once. But um, <laughs> like, where are we dropping, boys? Like, um, <laughs> you know, like Call of Duty and um, fucking what's the other one it's not Fortnite. it's um a uh, pub g pub g yeah. and um the other one with like the cool zombie looking characters oh uh, daisy no uh what's it called it's like Fortnite, but it's not it's newer apex apex oh i was apex everyone... apex like, is the best of all those games yeah because apex looked at what Fortnite was doing wrong which was too many players and said people don't want to watch us because it's chaos and then lowered the amount of people that d- get dropped in and for now it's competitive, competitive gameplay yeah. and now it's competitive Fortnite's and it's about four, 12 year rising olds. yeah <laughs> but it's like these are these are watchable games yep. because people understand and they can follow it and they can trace it whether they play the game or kind of like a casual viewer it's easier to track and follow unlike starcraft 2 so i also think um as starcraft 2 laid on the sword to be the foundation in which esports become um 
I want to say like welcomed into North America and becoming more visible. Um, it also has to be the martyr of that cause because it was a niche and now um, people are looking at esports like a sport and they want things that are easier to follow and easier to digest and understand, which are not StarCraft 2. Yeah, StarCraft and Dota 2 are both just like they they had they had the niche they had their full competitive scene and now people are seeing how much money they made mm-hmm. like sp- people specifically cite dota 2 as having the highest um prize money pool it, yeah it does and it does for the moment but yeah. uh, people cite that um and you know what's funny about this whole esports like renaissance the, the fact that people are coming for these properties now like league mm-hmm. has been coming for dota 2 for forever mm-hmm. um the the funny thing is that there is no money mm-hmm. um and like as somebody who like I, I actively have been pursuing like a, I would say a career in esports casting. I had like a whole thing. I have a new bit. I have a big um, event for Latin America league coming up in December. Um, there's no money in esports, And these numbers where they're saying, Hey, it's a billion dollar industry. It's not real. There is no money. They're taking these statistics like Fortnite. They were like, Oh, Fortnite esports, Fortnite. Nobody gives a shit about Fortnite esports. Cause it's nigh unplayable. Mm-hmm. Like we love watching the 12 year old boy win a battle Royale, but that's not esports. That's a, that's a one, one, time yeah. 99 person battle royale yeah like esports has like brackets and long run but you don't have you don't have a, the opportunity for that in Fortnite. it is a one person mm-hmm. game specifically mm-hmm. like there are teams and like PUBG and apex and apex i think has a bigger esports presence but apex is leaning towards it it literally yeah. has seen it's watched Fortnite kind of die and is like how do we become better in because pe- in uh in esports 100 percent yeah overtaken it but yeah. like like Fortnite makes so much money, not because it's a fun esport to watch, but because it caters to like replayability and 12 year olds. They have a lot of novelty, mm-hmm. which makes it extremely difficult to play in uh, esports and PVP because it's difficult to gauge because you add stuff like um, like a flamethrower mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the whole game's playability is completely thrown off. Yeah. That's why Riot's so careful about how they update stuff. And that's why it's such a good esport. But let me like like question yourself, th- like ask yourself this. Where would the money in esports come from? Well, there is none. <laughs> I think the only prize pools that have come like uh, they're like we have a local Cali is her name. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a local professional um, smash player here in Salt Lake, Utah. And the prize pools that she's won. I think a lot of those are specifically from um, sponsors like that are sponsoring the actual event. I think that esports are similar to uh, collegiate um, collegiate uh sports like you have to be sponsored by like march madness like the mm-hmm. school is making billions of dollars hand over fist but the players aren't making anything any money at all and it's funny because like it's all these like investors like the investors in echo fox are making a shit ton of money and their players are playing games for 16 hours a day until their hands bleed and people question why there's such a small professional player pool it's because you're not fucking paying your players mm-hmm. and you're not putting money back into your industry like yeah swag you can make raw profit off of swag. Like mm-hmm. you and I have both bought jerseys from different mm-hmm. league of legends, professional teams. Mm-hmm. And like you, like there's like advertising. You, we both also have those advertisements on our jerseys mm-hmm. that we bought. Um, but as far as like viewership, viewership is still budding. Like we're interested in esports because it's new and exciting and fun. It's yeah. a new frontier. But as far as like the actual numbers, like f- the people, um, epic games who makes Fortnite, they've come out and they've been like there is no money mm-hmm. <laughs> there is no money in esports it's in these 12 year olds buying skins and replaying our game because we put a giant and robot buying our suit. fucking costumes during halloween and yep. buying our 
t-shirts that we sell at Walmart. And they're allowed to do stuff like that because they're not beholden. Riot's beholden to esports players and professional players because all of us sit there and dream of being professional League of Legends players. But Fortnite players just want new novelty. That's why they put the Infinity Glove in there Mm -hmm. when Avengers came on is because it's literally about that. It's Mm -hmm. that they make shit tons of money. They had a fucking live concert in the middle of the game. It has has nothing to do with playing the game competitively. It has everything to do with taking 12-year-olds' parents' credit card information. exactly. And that's why people complain about Fortnite. It's not because it's for children. It's because there is no competitive PvP scene in it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. there is no money in esports, which is a fun thing to say, but the, like, the actual reality. And so everybody's trying to invest in it. Um, like, that's why Blizzard is doing all this shit with Overwatch. They mm-hmm. think it's going to... or Well, they, they did. You know how they created the Overwatch League? Yeah. They put all this money into it, and then they realize there's no money in it. Yeah, Overwatch League <laughs> is also falling apart because, again, Overwatch is unwatchable. Yeah, and that's like the thing is that they're pivoting to this PvE option. They're pivoting to this, this is going, I promise you. We will go back to this podcast. I promise you that this will resemble Fortnite Overwatch 2. Oh, I would, I would almost guarantee it. Yeah. I would not take that bet because with the moment they said they were going PVE, I was like, it's Fortnite, isn't it? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's get your money where you can, I guess. <laughs> get your kicks where you can, I suppose. Yeah. Bummer town. I know it. Honestly, just... Um, uh, you'd make more money playing local competitions oh a hundred percent like getting like we have all sorts of fun local comps here like we have um fight nights at quarters mm-hmm. where you can win a whole bar tab mm-hmm. but we also then we have like smash tournaments like we have a league tournament where we were, remember how we were like let's get a league team together when I, you yeah. first started playing the game yeah and it was five grand yeah that was so funny but, but yeah. literally like you'd have a better chance um, winning local tournaments and if there are none around you i bet that there's some sort of gaming cafe or gaming store that would be willing to put it on so. absolutely again about it being the wild west fucking go out there and make it yourself make your own money anyway that's about it we've said so many things this is a long podcast but Loved i hope every i hope everyone feels educated about not just gaming but politics your politics ran at the beginning by the way ace Big thank fan. you thank yeah. you so much um this is what happens when i have a whole entire day off i learned some shit good i hope so that's the point hail satan hail satan how do i stop this this button i'll keep this i'll keep this on